Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, this is Bob Weiss. I'm the host of Shaking Your World. Cheers. Folks, welcome home. Yet another episode of Shaking Your World. We are again at the magnificent Shakers in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Today we are privileged to have Lupita with us. We will speak about a few things in her world. And let me just say that her world is rather unique in that she is obviously a, a lovely Latina woman. And um, she has taken that background and she uses that to help many other people of her ilk, kind culture, to move forward. And I think that's a remarkable thing she's doing. So, Lupita, welcome to Shakers. Thank and, you. And uh, honored to have you. Thank you so much for having me. Very excited. So, your background, you grew up in Milwaukee. Yes, I did. Uh, born and raised in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, south side. Um, so, very familiar with this area. I drive around Shakers all the time. Um, but I, I have a unique background. So, my parents immigrated from Mexico, mm -hmm. uh, first generation here. Um, they met in Milwaukee, actually, um, and my childhood is very unique because I was born with a lot of health issues. Okay. Um, I won't get into the details, but basically I, I was in the hospital a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and when I wasn't in the hospital, I was a, a bubble girl <laughs> at home, so I didn't get much of a you know, playful uh, childhood. But over the years, I grew out of that, and um, I that childhood... Uh, many people besides my family being supportive, I had a lot of support with educators who really kept me on top of schooling. And I think that's what's to blame for me being a good student. Um, so that that got me through school. I, I grew out of all of my medical issues. So and at MPS, right? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Which one? Um, so, so many. Okay. I started at Manitoba mm -hmm. for elementary, went to Spanish Immersion, uh, middle school, Roosevelt, School of the Arts. Um, by then, by middle school, I was pretty healthy. Um, I had outgrown most of my medical concerns. Um, went to high school at Riverside. Had a lot of fun in high school. That's when I experienced life. My mom let me be a free bird, if you will. And I was a good student, but I also had my, my party days. Sure. Well, good for you. <laughs> at Riverside. Um, from there, I, since being a minority, low income, first generation, mm -hmm. I had the chance to participate in a lot of what's called TRIO programs. Sure which are federally funded uh, scholar programs that pay for your schooling for the right. most part. Um, so thanks to that, I went to Marquette. Marquette was a huge uh, culture shock because here I am, you know, coming from south side of Milwaukee. All of my schools were super diverse, MPS, and now I'm at Marquette with a bunch of kids from out of states, a lot of kids with money, um, kids who were, where college was normal for them. Yep. Um, it was very hard, very hard. I overworked myself. I worked three jobs while I was in school. Crazy, okay. Just because I, I needed to, to keep up with myself. Sure. I, I um, had my mom's support. I had a supportive family, but I always wanted to do for myself. Yeah. Um, so I worked super hard, and one thing that I got to do at Marquette was travel abroad. Okay. 
and that changed my life. Where'd you go? I studied in London. And while I was in London, it was it was very expensive, so I left to Europe uh, on days that I didn't have class. I, I would leave and um, by myself, I'd grab a backpack and just explore. I almost gave my mom several heart attacks, but <laughs> again, she knew she wasn't going to stop me. So uh, ever since then, I've had the travel bug. I've been to 13 countries as of now, and um, that, that truly changed my life. But um, back to, to speaking of my... Um, you know where I was I was headed mm -hmm. in life I always knew I had a responsibility to come back to my community you know what use is it to have these opportunities get a degree and then just never turn back I always felt like I had to to come back and be that resource to you know those that I grew up with um, so that's what I do now I represent Northwestern Mutual okay. financial planner um, my approach is super different because I work with a lot of people who have no type of education in, sure. in finances, right. right? So we start with the basics. Well, that's probably everybody today, by the way, because uh, right? the, the schools have really left so much to be desired. But I'm yeah. sorry. No, you're good. I, I agree. Like, that, that's one thing that I've noticed. Every, and everyone says this. Like, why don't they teach us this in school? Sure. We don't know how to do our taxes. We don't know how to put together a simple budget. Balance a checkbook. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, even things like, okay, what are the repercussions of opening all of these credit cards? Uh, what about putting a car loan in someone else's name? Or vice versa, you putting your name on someone else's car sure. loan. Like, what does that do? Um, most people in our community learn that when it's too late. Yep. They've already dug a hole for themselves yep. and now they're looking for help to dig themselves sure. back up. So. so did you major in finance, you're in accounting, you were, what were oh, you? I skipped that part. Okay. So <laughs> I started pre-med uh -huh. ah. because of my childhood yep. and spending all, these, all this time in hospitals. Yep. Um, and that didn't work out. I hated science. Like chemistry was hard. Oh my God, I cried. I cried so much. Uh, it was it was really hard, and at this point, it was costing money, right? Something I wasn't used to before. Um, so I had to make a decision and, and pick something that I enjoyed. I ended up majoring in international affairs. Again, nothing to do with finance, <laughs> uh, but it was a study that I enjoyed. I enjoyed learning about um, poli uh, po politics in other countries. Sure. Um, just what third world countries were like compared to you know right. uh, Western countries that kind of thing um, and then when I graduated I really didn't know what was next so I, my first job was in nonprofits um, again I had that itch of always giving back um, I helped my upper bound program one of the trio programs I participated in so in the Hispanic community as well um, it's more minority uh, okay. blacks and Latinos for okay. the most part Asians as well okay. um, worked in that I just I, I wasn't sure like where I was yeah. headed but in everything I worked in it was well, yeah, uh, giving you're, you're back 22 years old how would you know right? I mean, <laughs> at honestly, that point yeah, yeah. Um, and so I a friend actually that I met at the first nonprofit I worked for um, introduced me to the career at Northwestern Mutual okay. they gave me the chance I had to pretty much study all over again learn new things mm -hmm. on my own so it, uh, back to like no one teaches us this in school, even in right. college, right. what you pay for. Right. You still leave college not knowing what things as sexy as stocks are, which is what everyone's talking about right now. Everyone wants to learn about yeah. how do I invest, how to do this, but they don't realize like, okay, let's baby steps. We can't save yep. for the future if we have no income that we're in control of. 
um, yet, you know, coming through the door. Hard to buy that Tesla stock when you have no money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And people will still buy the Tesla and figure it out later, uh -huh. Uh -huh. you know. So um, I've really, really felt like I, I found my calling. I feel like I'm really helping people, mm -hmm. um, again, with baby steps. And then there's a lot of successful minorities in on the south side of Milwaukee. You see it. You have neighbors that are uh, minority entrepreneurs, and they, they're building all of this. And then it's like, okay, if something happens to you, will you have something to show for it? Like, let's let's build that, or let's build upon what you're already Absolutely. establishing. Yep. Um, so that's that's what I do. It, it's very fun. Okay. Um, just providing that basic education that everyone deserves for free, um, and doing it either one-on-one -on -one or in groups. So are you going to schools? you have a chance to speak at like a high school or junior high school and kind of grab the attention of young people and say, mm -hmm. you know, listen up, this is the future. You must do this. Yes. Right? So the, your good point. You want to get people as early as possible. Yep. Um, as young as they can be to get a credit card, that's when you want to start planting that seed of knowledge um, so that even if they need the help, they get their first job and all of these confusing benefits are thrown at them. Sure. You know, you, they have someone like me to walk them through all, all right. of that. So um, there are groups that I've been lucky enough to be invited to, um, a lot of local colleges like Alberno, UWM. Okay. Um, I actually did a Spanish seminar at the 16th Street Clinic here nice. in Milwaukee as well. Nice with a group of women, all moms, which is really cool to see. Yep. Um, and I, we started with just building a budget. Sure. Financials 101, how do you build a budget? Okay, we built a budget, now how do you stick to it? Sure. Now how do you build credit because you wanna right, you know, right. buy a house? Right. Um, so it, when it's larger scale that way, it's so much more impactful. Um, now it's like, okay, I, I can give the knowledge, I'm, I'm sharing this, I can, like a doctor, I can give the prescription. Mm -hmm. Now it's your job mm -hmm. to fill it right? yep. and decide what you're going nice to analogy. do yeah. with it. Yeah. Uh, so I keep in touch. I'm really good at keeping sure. up relationships. I don't meet with people and then send them on their way. Yeah. Um, I'm really big on like, okay, let's connect. Even if it's right. a year or two years from now, right. I want to grow old with people um, and be that, that resource. Now there's not enough of us either. I wish there were more, way more younger um, people, advisors getting into the field. I think the world is changing. Uh, yeah. We've had somebody here from Baird uh, maybe two months ago now. Oh, okay, good. And uh, young female as well. Um, and I think that once upon a time, those people that were financial analysts, were brokers, were whatever, mm -hmm. were you know, it's the old boys club. And I think that's really <laughs> changed a lot. I think the glass ceiling has shifted a lot. And I think that that just creates more opportunities for especially young women to do things. Yeah. And I think that it's important to have significant role models that are that are making headways in what they're doing for a profession. And that will then therefore bring other people along as well because it's tough out there, especially mm -hmm. you remember being that wild teenager. And you know, <laughs> you, you've got to find a way to make the right choices. And every day you've got to make mm -hmm. the right choice. And some choices are just way wrong. Yeah. And at least having an influence like you is going to direct them back in perhaps a positive direction that they can take forward through the future. Very that's cool. true that's true and it's hard right to be that role model yeah um like okay so let's say a personal trainer yeah they can they're a walking billboard if yep. they look fit they're good right. they they look like a personal trainer sure. like you that that's impactful and, and they kind of you know um walk their talk yep with me it's a it's a little harder right i can't um prove that you know or show you just by Here's my you know, physical <laughs> appearance, yeah, like how I'm doing right. it yeah. and how others should do it. But sure. I share my story with people yep. 
to to um, reveal that. Um, in addition to it, it's just your normal habits to that matter. So I'm big in the gym. I feel like you know uh, financial wellness and health wellness goes hand in hand. Um, so I think that showing that to people, I, I put that on my social sure. media. It shows that I'm I'm someone of my I work hard. I'm someone of my word. I'm consistent. I'm committed. Um, it's part of my routine. Reading, posting, like what what is it that you read that others should read as well, um, and then being involved. I volunteer as much as possible. There are so many things going on in Milwaukee in a normal year, right? I, I know there's been some exceptions this year. With the convocation, yeah. right, right. I, I I mean, but I've done some talks uh, over Zoom, sure. so. It's so Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's doable, but it's, it's, the activity has decreased. Sure. Um, however, in a normal year, there's so many things to participate in that have nothing to do with financial, the financial industry. Not prudent Not financial portions of decisions <laughs> anyway. Right. So who's your average client? Who, you know, right now, if you were to talk to someone, you're in the office at NML, who are you talking to? Younger families. Okay. Uh, younger mom, younger dad, or the families together who are okay. um, looking to buy a house. Most, having... Mostly women or mostly families? Or is it both the couple together? Yeah, so I f my clientele is mostly women. Okay. And I would I imagine it. that because it is kind of a maternal society, right? Right. And they're, they're making the calls. There are a lot of women bringing the bread to the table yeah, too now, are. more than yep. before. Yeah, well, men uh, are obsolete anyway, so, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, um, it's happened. It's not that I'm just, you know, targeting right. women specifically, sure. but I have that in, um, natural instinct with them, that natural chemistry and well, rapport that I'm able to build that makes sense. with women. Um, but then I find that when I meet with men, I, they trust me. Men trust me, and, and if I bring along a male joint partner, mm -hmm. they're a little more, um, their guard is up. And, and that's one thing that took me time to, to learn that um, maybe... Men are the snake oil salesmen and women are more grounded? Maybe, maybe, maybe it's an okay. ego thing, you know? Sure. Um, maybe they, it's just hard to disclose what makes you vulnerable, which sure. is your finances. Right. What are you in debt with? What are your yep. assets? Um, even a simple question like, do you have a savings account? That is so hard for people to admit sure. when they don't. They don't have that. Do people have savings accounts anymore? Or is it really just checking accounts? Is it, I mean... Yeah, I'm, you'd be surprised how many people tell me that they still do everything in cash. That everything is in their sock drawer or in, under a mattress. People my age, too. I'm 29 years old. Um, people my age will tell me, like, oh, oh, yeah, everything's in cash. And it's like, okay, that's not a bad thing, you know, but you're telling me you want to buy a house. Try telling the bank <laughs> that you do everything in cash. Yeah, I get thirty thousand dollars in cash. Yeah. To buy a house. Sure. And where do you live? Yeah. Where do you yeah. come yeah. from? That's, oh that's my god. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, um, but some most so most have cash. Most um, will just keep everything in their checking, and whatever is left over after bills are paid, they splurge. Um, is, is that really a Hispanic thing, or is that just the generational thing, or what do you think is going on there? Good question. Mm. Um, 
I don't know if it's like a, a set group because I see okay. it across the board. Yeah. I see it with someone's grandparents and okay. then I see it with, you know, people in their 30s who have a whole family sure. to worry about. Um, I think it's just discipline and their habits. Okay. Like some people are very savvy at, at saving and some are just spenders and sure. they love that. So what percentage of your clientele is, uh, is college educated? Um, I would have to say about 60%. How high? A good 60%. Oh my gosh, I never would have imagined that Really? Yeah, about 60% have, okay. um, not to say they have their degree, but okay. they have some college. College, okay. Um, and I know this because the, for, the number one liability that comes up is student loan debt. Yep. Everyone's net worth is always offsetted with student oh, yeah. loan debt. If oh, they yeah. didn't have that, oh, they'd be like yeah, up yeah, there yeah. in the net worth area. Yeah. Um, it's a big epidemic. Okay. Right now, unfortunately, but they're, they're at least somewhat, um, they have some college or some exposure sure. to some vocational training or sure. some type of um, associate's degree, certificate, okay. something of that so nature. So aside from the desire to pay down their and pay off their student debt, what is the biggest thing that they're looking for? What's their biggest number one goal across the board? In terms of... What like to they save want for? to do with the save for, what they want to do with their money, what their, what their goals are. If you can yeah. speak for a class and say, of the people I've got for clients, a disproportionate amount want to go on to matriculate to do this or to have this. What would that be? Okay, so I'll tell you what people's goals are and what yes. mine is for people. Okay. So number one, it's to buy a house. Okay. Uh, most are, are, they want to buy a house. That's their big dream. They're married. They have their kids and they're ready to buy a house. They just okay. don't know how or how to, you know, start building towards that. Um, number two, most people will say, I just want to be comfortable. Okay. They just want to feel financially freedom, comfortable. Freedom is everything, right? Right. So if you had an average age of your clients right now, what would that be? I'd say between 25 and 35. Yeah. That's a good time to get them because they're moving ahead. they got a nice thing going on. They That's, that's laudable. Yep. Good. Having good. babies, uh, you know, getting married or act, working up to, to that point. So do people ask you if they should have a family? No. Okay. I ask them okay. if they're single and they're telling me their goals and yeah. they talk about everything yeah. but family. You know, they talk about, oh, I want to move are up in my company they? and all this. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm not a mom, but they are. <laughs> I know they're expensive when I shop for baby showers. Yeah, yeah, yeah they sure are. <laughs> Every time I, I'm like, oh my God, like, what, what is this? What, bottles, how much? Like you do, yeah, they, it does add up yeah. for sure. Um, but yeah, one thing, so... Okay, so buying a house is one, being comfortable is two. Um, those are the main two things. My, my, um, what I push is saving for retirement. Okay. Um, the main reason is because many people our age group don't realize that what's getting people through retirement today will not be there no. when they retire. No. And um, it's really hard for younger people to wrap their head around that. Sure. Um, I meet with you know, seldomly for a 45 year old who wants to retire in 10 years. Mm -hmm. Now we're scrambling. Yep. And so smaller sooner is better than larger later always. Yeah. And that's what I always try to, sure. to tell everyone. Even so you're, if you're not encouraging people to buy lottery tickets, right? No, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, go for it. If it's in the budget, yeah. if it's in the budget sure. <laughs> as under hobby, you yeah, know, just your, your wild budget for that okay. monthly and yeah. we can make it happen. Yeah. 
I'm not going to tell you to save all your money either. Like, okay, we we have to have fun. Money's a tool, right? Yeah. Use I a mean, tool. <laughs> we have to have our yeah. fun. And if you are taking care of business behind sure. the scenes, right. then we can still have fun. And you're doing it with peace of mind. Sure. You're doing it with peace of mind. So. So I have a question. Just one? Yeah. Okay. Something that I'm really curious about. What's the haunted story behind Shakers? Shakers is regarded as one of the five most haunted bars in the entire country. <laughs> I know. Uh, we are currently episode number three on Netflix, Dark Tourist. We've been used by A&E and Discovery Channel and Sci-Fi and History and Travel Channel and everything else. Uh, motion pictures have been shot here. But what wow. this really begins with is that we are built over one of the three original cemeteries in Wisconsin for non-Indigenous people. So when you come back later tonight or this weekend and you're taking a tour, you will be downstairs in the cellar, which is literally six feet under where people were buried. So a lot of those remains were moved to the Forest Home Cemetery. Some were not, depending if your family cared or they could afford to have you moved. <laughs> and then in 1924, the Capones acquired the property and put a speakeasy bar here, put the brothels upstairs. There's two virtually intact skeletons in back that go back to 1924 when the floor was poured, the cement floor, to entomb them. So two people that were on the wrong side of the Capones never made it out. Okay. And then in 2001, I found the remains of one of the hospitality workers in the floorboards upstairs in the dead hooker's bedroom. And uh, we have a little girl in the restroom. Her name is Elizabeth. She's eight years old. So way before Harry Potter, we've had a girl in the bathroom. So please come back and take a tour with my compliments, and then you're going to know all sorts of things, probably more than you want to. I will. Cool. I will. That's very interesting. Cool. I, I had an idea. I just wasn't sure on the facts, so thanks for sharing that. Mm -hmm. How long has Shakers been around? 34 years. Okay. Since I was 10. Okay. Is this, <laughs> is this like a, a family? Nope. Um, okay. Nope. Just, just a little old me. Very cool. Yeah. I love it. I, I, it's so Milwaukee too. Um, when I travel and I find old Victorian looking taverns, I get so excited and I say, oh, this is so Milwaukee. History. People don't get it. History. People right? don't get yeah. that. That's rare here yep. and other places. Everything's modern. Like everything's brand new. Everything's redone. And so you have a bigger appreciation when you're like, wow, this this bu building's downtown on like Water Street. You're like, that, that's an old building. And Milwaukee does a good job at keeping up with it. In many it. ways, places like this are really at the end of times because there won't be new ones coming up, obviously. Mm -hmm. And many of the old structures are being taken down and you know some multi-story condo project is going up. As you can see, the gentrification taking place here. Yeah. So we don't have a architectural review board in Walker's Point anymore, which we used to have. Uh, but now that we have uh, Jose Perez, who's our alderman, he was also a developer, and a very shrewd young man, there's no architectural review board. So you literally could buy the property across the street and you could put up a multi-story property there and you will debase much of the flavor of what this is about. This is the last, this is the remaining vestige of these That's beautiful right. architectural buildings. So it would be a shame if they all go away, but someday they just will. And certainly COVID has taken us in a different avenue as well, or direction, because um, just from a sanitation or health standpoint, the movement is to go into things that are all stainless steel, are all formica, are all separated by glass or plexiglass or something as well. Mm -hmm. And even beyond that, we're going to have robots soon at, at airports that are making food, making your drink for you. Oh, yeah. How is your drink, by the way? It's nice. very good. A little, a little red bush there, it's a little Irish good. whiskey. I and... think it's going to replace my other choice. Ah. 
for sure. <laughs> so get away from that MMA guy and go on to be Red Bush. Well, cool. Exactly. Are you enjoying yours? Uh, I'm enjoying mine. Yeah, yeah. it's and, pretty you know, good. Let's, let's enjoy ours together. Here Cheers. We are. Cool. Thanks for. Thanks for that. Oh, I'm not done with you. Um, how's your cigar? <laughs> it's good. I, I think I need more. I think you do. So Dominican Republic. It's a CAO Mooncrans. It's aged in bourbon barrels for four years, and has should be a delightful vanilla bourbony kind of flavor to it, which should accentuate the flavor of your whiskey. We have a dinner coming up, by the way, for women only. It's on our rooftop. The entire summer series is on the rooftop, and uh, they've all been sellouts, as this one. But if you'd like to come with my compliments, I'd be honored to have you. That's on Monday the 21st, and it might be a nice networking opportunity for you as well, because with 40-some women that are there, we're drinking wines that are made by, a, at the moment, the most award-winning Napa female winemaker. So it'll be a cool little gig. Wow. Wow. I'd be very interested. That's my jam. Perfect. All of those events. I miss it. I miss it. Um, I'm usually at them all year round. I look for them. Um, I'm, I, I love working. I Work is my life. Everything else revolves around work. And um, it, you know, the things that I participate in are, don't feel like work when I, when I say that. So I agree. When you enjoy yeah. doing something. Yeah. And there's so many events. So I was, I was speaking on that. Um, one specifically that I really enjoyed last before all of this hit was a... Um, it was like a half a day at UCC mm -hmm. over here. Um, a lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. group of wonderful women put it together for um, parents of minority Spanish-speaking students who were first generation. So these parents, like, don't know what FAFSA is, don't know, like, sure. how do you apply to get into a school? What Why? are dorms? Why, Why? was my kid going to a dorm? Um, so all of these different um, people got together to organize this. People from METC, um, from uh, Wells Fargo even, they have a, a student loan program. Um, we were there, um, just different educators, Alverno was there to provide what they each had to offer to this group of parents and students, uh, like um, getting ready to start applying for college. So That's volunteered cool. there, um, and that was a great networking opportunity because you're uh -huh. meeting others who yep. have different resources yep. to offer. So I love stuff like that. Like and now ever, it's all. Ever work with like uh, with Wibic, the Wisconsin Women's Business Corporation? Lily Alvarado is my my girl really? there. Uh, yeah. Wendy was my girl, but okay, it's, uh, <laughs> that's cool. They do a great thing. They do too. Yep. Um, I love that um, those connections too, because as I'm meeting with people who are mm -hmm. sharing, oh, I want to start my own business one mm -hmm. day. Yep. I get to make that connection between Wibic and this person. Absolutely. And help them in other ways yep. besides just putting their budget together for them. Well, learning the entire process and how things work is crucial that people have no idea. Everybody wants to have their own business, but the yeah. reality is, is not as pleasant. Um, that's wonderful. Um, 
thinking about education, which in my mind is the biggest single hurdle that we have today, and we must find a way to get everybody a solid education to begin with, and you know where they go from there is up to them, but we must have people that have a better education than they're currently receiving. Mm -hmm. um, and, I, and I, you know, frankly, I look at our governor and say he failed as the superintendent of education, so we made him our governor, and he's failing at that as well. So we have to have, as voters, we have to have um, more stringent requirements to the people that we put in office. And we have to put people there that are actually going to do something. And if they don't do that, we have to have a mechanism to get them out of there, mm -hmm. right? It's almost like, you know, you, I, I'm selling something to you and it turns out that you bought it and you're like, well, this isn't what I bought, mm -hmm. right? So it's misrepresentation at the very least. And it's the same thing with politicians. If they don't perform, they should get out, right? And um, I think that there's also a problem with education insofar as it's not just the inadequacies with the curriculum, but it's also with the fact that we have guidance counselors that really don't prepare kids for anything. And I'll tell you, even when I was in high school at Tosa East, they were useless. They were completely useless, wow. right? And um, I've heard nothing but horror stories, and we've had a disproportionate number of people that are here that have been educators that have worked here around their seasons or anything else, right? And you know, it, what always comes up is that we are, they are not preparing children for the future. It's not just they can't balance a checkbook, it's that they graduate, they don't know what the hell they're gonna do, right? right? unless they've got a, a strong family unit that has got its own experience in college or in the trades or something else, they're just adrift. Mm -hmm. What do we do now? So if, if those guidance counselors, as much or more than the teachers, actually took the time and said, this is what you can do, and these are the possibilities, and I mean, start in, in maybe eighth or ninth grade and say, and, and keep in contact, not just be in your office somewhere and wait till someone knocks on your door, yeah. because the motivation to go and to do that is completely different than you've got a kid that's 12, 13, 14, 15, clueless. If you can make that contact at an early, at an early point in their life, in middle school, perhaps before, and start to say, we can help you. Mm -hmm. That's why we're here. We're here to counsel you Kind of guide you a little bit. Yeah. It's your decision, but we can give you some options and alternatives. I think that is sorely missing right now. And it's cool that you're doing what you do. And maybe if there's an outreach to get you into middle schools and high schools on a regular basis, I mean, you're cultivating something. And that, that of course, also networks their parents because they'll go home and they'll say, Juanita's going to say, you know, I, we had this woman come today and she talked to her. This is really kind of cool. And here's a card. And, and then maybe that's a connection for you as well and then to be able to get in front of the families and say, oh, your, your daughter's talking about college. Let's see if we can find a way to help that out. For sure, no, I agree 100%. I feel like there's a big lack of mentors um, and why that's so important is besides everything that you just mentioned, you know, having those role models that these youth can, can look up to and, and feel like they can become what that person is, um, they, it shows them options. So growing up, I was, I, I mentioned I had all these medical issues and so all I saw was a doctor or a nurse right. as a profession, and that's why I took that route right. when I went, I started school. Once I started school, I was presented with this huge chart of over 350 majors that I had no idea existed yep. because I didn't have people around me that yep. were in these other professions. Right. Right. And so 100%, um, if we could get people from all different types of fields and different backgrounds and that look different too, men and women alike, in front of these kids, it would make such a huge difference versus just teaching them in what, what's in the books or just telling them something that they're going to forget later. Um, unfortunately, the good educators that we have are not given enough of a, to make a living or even the resources to do their job. 
So they grow miserable in what they were so passionate about and they leave. And those are the educators that these kids need. Those problems begin at the top, like in oh, most, si sure. most systems, right? Right. So if you have inadequate principles, you have inadequate whatever might leadership. be, again, leadership, mm -hmm. um, then they too as teachers will fail. Inevitably, they will fail at what they do. And not to name names, but I was still married then, so this is probably 15 years ago. And we have a couple of, of principals that were here, MPS principals. And um, we were driving out of Florida with our kids, and my, uh, I had left my car at home, and my ex-wife came to pick me up, because we're just leaving from here, we're just moving down, right? So um, these guys who I've known for several years, again, they're principals at MPS, uh, asked where we're going, and my ex-wife was, we're, we're driving to Florida. And so one of them says, so you're, you're going through Texas? And she says, no, we're driving straight down to Florida. He said, well, you have to go through Texas to get to Florida. And she's like, no, we're, we're here. Florida's here. <laughs> Texas is here. Right. We're not, she, he's like, no, you're absolutely incorrect. You've got to go through Texas to get to Florida. And she said, because we want to go to Texas? He said, no, you have to go. It's, it's there. It's in the way. So he's a principal, right? Mm -hmm. So again, if, if the standard, and I don't expect everybody to be an expert at everything, but this is simple geography, right? Right. So it's not like, you know, can you spot Croatia as opposed to Somalia? Well, I think, yeah, as a matter of fact, I can. I, yeah. I hope you can too, right? But um, so this is his mindset, and I can only imagine the standard that he brings forth to his educators. And if he's talking to them, what they must be thinking about, because like, I made a bad career choice. Because you can't do better in that school when it's tainted at the top. And I'm sure that was not a unique situation. So we need mentors from outside that are going to come in there and do the best they can. And like any number of studies, a child only does as well or a person only does as well as his peer group. So when you have a family that has expectations for you and or experience in college or one of the trades or doing something else, right, then you are more motivated and more likely to go that same route. If you have kids that you hang out with that have aspirations beyond just hanging out of the corner, chances are you too will do better, right? Yeah. So, unfortunately, kids can't make that decision by themselves, and it's really got to start at the family level or at the mentorship level. It's crucial to do what you're doing to get out there in front of them. Yeah, I appreciate that. It's, it's very true. Um, yeah, sure, it starts at home, right, with the family, but then if you can give them something else to look forward to that maybe um, keeps them more, it, it like magnetizes them more than home where it's not so good, that's still powerful. Um, for example, sports. Right, I feel really bad for kids right now who look forward to sports, maybe aren't that great in the books, but sports is what keeps them in school right. um, and keeps them away from maybe a toxic uh, sure. situation at home. That's, that's huge. So same with um, you know, activities or um, shadowing someone in a set sure. career for a day, right. just things that kids can look forward to that breaks them out of yep. what their normal is. Is, is big, but yeah, if there aren't no resources, if the connections aren't being made, and we have these people in education who are just showing up to do their job and then going home or going to the bar, <laughs> nothing wrong with that, but no. because their job is done, like yep. there's no no like intention there. Right. There's the, and, and then who, the only people that suffer are those that are the students, those that are attending those schools. So how do you think about um, a, a means or a way to get past uh, just some of the matriculation into gangs. So obviously, uh, you know, people need to find a way to provide shelter and, and food and the, the, the basic necessities of life. 
And um, when you're surrounded by people that are um, that are cobras and that are kings and that are something else, and that those are the choices that they made, it's difficult to break away from that. So how can you provide an alternative that is sexy enough or promising enough or enticing enough to get them out of that mentality? So thankfully, the, the issues with gangs are not as bad as they were like in the 90s. Okay. Like, and the reason for that is because there are a lot of um, pop-up like uh, safe havens and okay. nonprofits that are in the streets actually looking okay. for these people or these kids in sure. trouble and pulling them in and offering them, okay, what do you need? You need somewhere to stay? Do you need something to do? Oh, you're a rapper? Like we actually do open mic nights where we'll support that because that's your art. Cool. Oh, you're an artist? Let me hook you up with this tattoo artist or this graffiti artist in Milwaukee sure. who, who like is an adult, has their family, you know, right. and is making peaceful murals in, in the city. Nice. Um, so I, I feel like thanks to social media too, where the word is spreading and there's more um, advocacy and there's more awareness, mm -hmm. I feel like there are, there's no excuse anymore. There are a lot of resources uh, for these kids and, and these places aren't just waiting for these kids to find them. There are actually outreach coordinating people that are like going out and finding these youth or these well, troubled Well, kids are the future. So that's, it's, it's imperative that we do that. It Otherwise, we're just going to die. schools, too. Um, yeah. So, like, a lot of schools have programs within uh, schools that are more, um, have, a, like, a higher percentage of sure. kids in trouble where they, they reach out to them. They make sure, you know, if they can't work in a class full of kids like sure. they're having one-on-one -on -one time with someone um, and I, I know I'm familiar with a lot of these programs okay. um, there's programs where um, they're making these high schoolers mentors for like middle school and grade school kids that are both maybe in some not so healthy households and now they have each other to bring each other up the high schooler has to be a good role model for this middle schooler and this good. middle schooler has someone sure. that they'll listen to versus mom dad yeah, or yeah their teacher sure you know so I do think that there's tons of progress with that now well I know parts of corporate America have got dedicated programs yeah. as an outreach as well um, I'm not gonna put you on the spot but I'd, I'd imagine that your firm does an awful lot of things as well we do yeah we do and I'm very happy with that mm -hmm. especially Milwaukee so Northwestern Mutual is very known here because corporates here mm -hmm. um, it's nationwide but mm -hmm. if you ask someone in I don't know New Mexico they're sure. like yeah I don't know you guys are a bank I don't I don't know right. <laughs> um, but we've done um, something called Alex's lemonade stand every okay. year um, it's a fund for, to, for towards research for childhood cancer um, and actually a young girl who um, unfortunately passed away from, from cancer, Alex, was the one that started it. She was selling lemonade to help other kids in her sure. situation. Um, so that's one big thing that we do. We've helped City Year out as well. Um, if you go into our building, actually our pretty shiny new home office building, there's a lot of artwork um, that is represented from, from City Year because um, Northwestern Mutual was a sponsor of of um, a piece of City Year as well. So there are a lot of events. City Year is actually the uh, mentorship program that I was referring okay. to. Um, so we, we do. Um, and then independently, I think it's important, like I mentioned before, bringing back, coming back to the community and not just working one-on-one -on -one with, um, with people on their finances, sure. but giving back, uh, being present at things that matter. Um, being, you know, involved voluntarily at events and then giving back uh, with money uh, well, this is when you great can. to hear. I'm happy, yeah. very happy to hear that this is taking place. Let's switch gears a little bit. Okay. Uh, what's your favorite food? 
Oh man, this is hard. Mm. I love shrimp. Se yep. Seafood, I can survive off of if you took everything else away. Really? Well, we are well known for our shrimp the last 34 years. I didn't know that. Yeah, in many different styles. I'm slacking. You, <laughs> I you gotta are. Come back. Six, you are, girl. Yeah. <laughs> we'll fix that too. Uh, so, where have you had your best meal? <sighs> Not here. Guadalajara? No, where, 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 where? <laughs> Basically, I was gonna say Mexico, where yeah, I can well, see the guy fish my yeah, shrimp yeah, out. Oh, yeah. Um, let me see. I don't know. Here in Milwaukee? Oh, geez. No, no, no. Anywhere. Oh, okay. Um, Maryland, actually. Maryland, okay. Um, has well, they're they're right on the coast, so they've Why, had yes. pretty fresh. Any fresh given day, you can there. find uh, you can find oysters here from PEI, Prince Edward Island. You'll find black mussels here from Prince Edward Island. Love mussels. Uh, crab claws from Columbia. Lump crab meat from just what you're talking about. Uh, soft shell crabs, the shrimp, the calamari, mm -hmm. uh, octopus. So I'll we take it all. really do extraordinary seafood here. I'd love wow. to have you in for something. So. I'm, I will be here. Yeah, you better be. <laughs> you had me at seafood. Okay. <laughs> so uh, I see you drinking whiskey. How long have you been a whiskey drinker? Not long. Um, so for the longest, I was more of a vodka tequila girl. And I don't know, the hangovers got a little rough and I wanted to appreciate well, Alcohol more versus just, you know, drinking for fun. I can see getting fun. away from vodka, but tequila, man. I can have a good tequila Casa here Eagles, and there. It's quite nice. Yeah. Well balanced. Delightful. Mess with that. What a little mezcal. Like? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the mezcal as well. To sip on. You could be drinking that instead. A little bit. I was feeling you, whiskey today. I okay, don't know. It's fine. It was the... Well, the night's young. The we'll, it's feeling like fall, you sure, know, a little bit. see what happens. So... <laughs> Um, but I, yeah, I love a uh, good whiskey. I feel like the older I get, the more I appreciate flavors. I'm big on wine. <laughs> the older you get, that's yeah. funny. Yeah. I'm not that cool. old, but. No, no. Just a little bit. Uh -huh. I mean, I work with a lot of older people. Uh-huh. <laughs> They're going to be mad. In the 30s, it. right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're going to be like, what? You're fired. Um, but I, I've learned to appreciate good wine, too. Yeah. Um, I have um, good wine at home. Riesling is my favorite white, and then Merlot or Cab for red. Yeah, so. Cool. You've been to 13 odd countries or so at some mm -hmm. point, right? So obviously uh, you spent time in the UK and you spent time in Europe. What's your favorite place in Europe? I get that question all the time. Um, I'd say Poland. Poland was magical. Wow, I it, thought for sure you'd say Spain because I love Spain. I love Spain too. I okay. mean, okay, there isn't a country I don't like in Europe. Like, I've had You're beautiful for experiences in all of them. <laughs> I mean, uh, France, maybe I could do without, but every other one. It's a beautiful was country. Amazing. With great wine. I wasn't and food. a fan of France. I don't Paris know. Paris or where? I went to Paris. Yeah, well, the Parisians <laughs> hate themselves for God's sake, so they are, yeah, they're pricks. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe my expectations were high, but um, Poland was so magical. I had the chance to visit Auschwitz. Um, and I went to Berlin, Germany. You're as well, smiling one of my when you favorites. say that. Most people don't smile. I, yes, I saw <laughs> one. I mean, yeah. I just I feel very grateful to have had those opportunities and, and now be able to share. Like, yeah, I, I saw that. I wish everyone could could experience the same. If I could, you know, give that opportunity to people. I, I would. Maybe one day I'll have a study abroad scholarship for my name because I'm, I'm that passionate. Um, so in Europe, yeah, uh, I'd say Poland. Um, in the world. Uh, so far, I'd say Thailand. Very, very beautiful, beautiful place to visit. It's magical there and as well. And great street food. Oh, for sure. And oh my God, it's so cheap. So, so cheap. Uh, my cousin and I, we went and we would eat dinner for like four bucks. 
good dinner too. Like great, you know, noodles and we, we had it all. Good drinks, bubble tea, all of it. So, <laughs> are you laughing? Bubble tea. Did you expect me to say like no, no, a good no, no, uh, no, 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 it's, it's, liquor? No, it's all good. So two very diverse, very, uh, mm -hmm. very almost incompatible cultures that you're at between Poland and Thailand. Uh, yeah. What else? Anything in South America? Um, I've done Brazil. I think I want to do more. Brazil is the only place in South America I've, I've visited so far. I have to touch more of it. Uh, Peru's next on my list there. Okay. The wine in Argentina is phenomenal, as is in Chile. Okay. And, I would uh, expect that. And Colombia has got its own marbles. Oh, Even man. the Cartagena is just Colombia is next on my list, actually. Okay. Then we'll do okay. Chile. Okay. I really want to visit Colombia. Cool. And it's not just because of the sure. narco shows. Of course. <laughs> but they're captivating, aren't they? <laughs> they, just they the show, soundtrack is they captivating. They show some good views. Yeah, I mean, they can't do. help it. They do, they do. Yeah. Well, you know, once you're there, you can have a Pisco Sour. You've got the two iterations. There's the Peruvian style and the Chilean style. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, but I know uh, Costa Rica is where I want to retire. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. I'm retiring in Costa Rica. It's okay. Sad and, and done. Five I years, ten years? Fell in love. No, I'm, I'm, I like to work. So maybe, I don't know, 30, 35 years. Yeah. I, I'm not going to wait to live my life until I retire, but I, I can do both right now. I can Good for you. live, have fun, and, and still work hard. Okay. Yeah, I'm big on that. I got that from my mom. Everything about Africa? Yes, Cape Town. Cape Town, also South on my Africa. List. Okay. Yes, I would love Why? to visit Cape Town. Um, so, it's funny. Well, I had a friend who studied abroad there, and the main, out of all the pictures she showed me, the most captivating pictures was a beach with penguins. And that was it. That sold it. Cool. <laughs> so, I want to go to Cape Town. Um, Egypt, too. Egypt would be really cool to, to visit. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's such a big world. Sometimes thinking about all the places I want to visit is overwhelming because you start to feel like you're running out of time. Or just too, the world's too big. Um, I've long maintained that all politicians should be forced to spend a month in Europe because we have a different perspective on things here. Good oh, and the bad. Yeah. But, yeah. That's a good point. Have you traveled? I have. Where? A bunch of places. <laughs> you haven't counted like I did? <laughs> a bunch of places. What's your favorite or what's like your go-to oh, like, spot? I like you... Costa Rica quite a bit. Okay. I'm rather surprised I'm not living there, actually. Right. Um, I like South America. I like a lot of Europe. I, However, I do like the south of France. I can see myself in Provence. I can see okay. myself in northern Spain. It's all food porn, man, from Barcelona, San Sebastian, Santander, Bilbao. As a chef, it's exquisite food everywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, but you find that in Italy as well. Um, you know, Venice is a very romantic city. If you're not with someone, it's you know, not quite as alluring. Yeah. But still interesting. Um, but there's so much diversity throughout all of Italy as you traverse up or down. Uh, just remarkable things everywhere. And then the East. I mean, Hong Kong is just like New York on steroids. It's just mm -hmm. crazy. Yeah. The phenomenal food and, and, and the smells, whatever, and gracious people. I find gracious people everywhere. I'm really a fan of Cuba, so I, I've gotten oh, down several times. Nice. I love Cuba. It's a time warp. It's a vacuum. The people are incredibly everything you can imagine you want them to be. They are that. I would love Cuba. Cuba's also been on my list. I want to take my mom there. She's. It opens up again on the 20th of this month, by the way. Good to know. Yeah. I'll note it. It was huh. supposed to be a trip this year. Maybe we still have time to make that happen. Um, so I know I broke your heart a little bit with France, so I, I'm sorry, but I'm going to break your heart again. I forgot to mention this. 
I was allergic to 75% of all foods as a kid. So I, for the most part, just had the special formula for nutrition um, most of my childhood. Um, it wasn't until I was 24 years old that I tried pizza for the first time. So when I went to Europe, I was still allergic to a lot. Over the years I grew up, I, I grew out of allergies. Sure. Um, but when I was in Europe, I was allergic to all dairy. And this is like anaphylactic like allergy. Like I, I couldn't do it or I would need an yep. ambulance to show up on the scene. Yep. So Italy, I missed out on the gelato and the, some of the pastas, although they don't, they're not like here, as you know, like the pastas are made with real good olive oil, not butter and the wheat, the wheat's different, much different. Yes, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, well, I need to go back. you got some money to go back and enjoy it. I and, need to go back yeah. and really, like, go back in, in reverse and, like, sure. get go to the places that yeah. I missed out on because of that allergy. But now I'm I'm good. Like, I, I'm tasting everything. I think that's why I'm such a foodie now, too, and I really appreciate a good, you know, seafood dish or good pizza or good, you know, anything with dairy um, because I spent most of my life without it and I'm still just now being introduced to to new things and that's really exciting for me. There's nothing I don't like in terms of food, like nothing I can't Speaking eat. of that, the uh, FDA just came out with their official uh, notice that uh, no, distilled, no distilled spirits have any gluten whatsoever because we've had people that are like, oh, I have a gluten allergy, I can't my drink sister. this, 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 mm -hmm. this, yeah. but now the FDA has said there's, there's nothing that remains after the distillation process so wow. you can drink this with impunity. That's good. It is. That's a very good thing. It is. We need to take control of, of our health. It's about that time. Yep. Well. <laughs> As a country, overall, we really do need to get back to basics. Absolutely. With nutrition, physical activity. I'm so, so for that. Um, get rid of these. Milwaukee especially. Get rid of these chain spots. We have so many cool local restaurants. Yeah, unfortunately, like, again, with COVID, uh, we're going the opposite direction, but uh, financial I'm, health is important too, right? I'm optimistic, but yeah, for okay. now, <laughs> for now. This has been a real delight having you in today, and we look forward like to having this. you another time, and of course, having Woo. you for that uh, dinner, and you will come by with someone for the ghost tour the next day or two. Yeah, I'll be here. Bravo. Cheers. Cheers. Lupita, thank you very much. Thank Honored you. to have you. Likewise. This was great. Folks, thanks for tuning in, and uh, we look forward to having you subscribe to the Shaken your world channel and seeing us also on uh, or listening to us on the iheart stations for our podcast and um till the next time cheers okay round two name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.